Amen. Good morning. Everybody excited this morning? All right. I'm glad two of you are excited. Let's prepare for war. Amen. All right. All right. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sarah. Anybody here for the first time? You got to put your hands up for a quick minute. We just got to put a card in your hand. If nobody's here for the first time, here for the first time, welcome, 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 amen. I was going to say, if nobody's here for the first time, what are you guys doing? What's going on? Oh, you're going to single, single somebody out. Let's all look this way. There's a new person right here. Let's just welcome them. We just playing. We just playing. We want you to come up and say a few words. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's all right. It's all right. She'll never come back now. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> all right. I'd like to start with a quote. You ready? Put your pens away. This is too long. You can't write it. Listen. Just listen. Good character. I know. Good character is more to be praised than outstanding talent. Most talents are to some extent a gift, but good character, by contrast, is not given to us. We have to build it piece by piece by thought, choice, courage, and determination. Wow. That's a lot said. Amen? I want to talk to you this morning about a firm foundation in a message titled... Having done all to stand. Having done all to stand. Amen? See, a successful man is one who can lay a firm foundation with the bricks others have thrown at them. Ha ha! Ha ha! Alright, alright. We've been going through the book of Genesis since the beginning of the year, at present, we've been kind of going through the life of Abraham, man. And Abraham is one of the most quoted, respected, and referred to men in the Old and New Testament, aside from Jesus. He wasn't a perfect man. Somebody say amen. Right? We've talked about all his screw-ups, all his bombs. We, we, you know, he didn't always do things right. Some things he really messed up. But it seems throughout it all and right up until the end of his life, the foundation that he stood on was the only thing that never changed. The only thing that kept him going, the only sure thing, the, the only encouraging thing, it, the, that foundation, it wasn't just his faith. It wasn't just his character. It wasn't just his determination. It wasn't his upbringing. It wasn't his surroundings, God knows. It wasn't the people in his life. The only firm foundation that we could point to after having gone through his life in the last couple weeks was the words, the words that God spoke to him. So the only firm foundation that we can point to in Abraham's life was the word of God. I'll let that sink in. It was the word that God gave him and the times that he spent with him. See, and it shouldn't be any different for you and me. 
we, we, we can't have any other foundation. The only foundation that we need to stand on is the Word of God and the moments that we've spent with Him. Come on, man. If you've been in, in church longer than a week or two, you, you, you understand this. The only foundation, everything else will be shaken. Everything else will, will crumble. Everything else will, 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 will shake. Everything else will give out. The only thing you have is the Word of God and the times you've spent with Him. Amen? See, the economy is up and down. The poor, we don't have anything. The middle class, barely making enough to survive. And that's at the expense of both parents working. The rich, they're living lavishly one second, and then they lose everything in an economic crash and take their lives. But at the end of Abraham's life, it says, He was old, and the Lord blessed him in all things. Amen? And so last week we were nearing the end of his life. And, and remember, the, one of the last things that he wanted was for his, his son to have a wife from God's people, not from the pagan people of, of where he was living. He wanted a wife for him that at least came from the people of God. But listen, even though she was from God's people, it doesn't mean she was going to do everything right. Amen? How many of you understand that Christians don't do everything right? Listen, some of the major issues that people have with Christianity, Christians. <laughs> Ain't that right? Some of our biggest issues have been Christians. Go figure. Historically, we've done some pretty screwed up things to people. And listen, we need to own that, but we need to understand that we're just people too. Right? We need to stop putting, you know, Christians on pedestals. We're just people too. We're going to mess up too. Right? We're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna have our issues too. We're going to go through our things too. But, you know, we need to uh, understand that sometimes we go off and sometimes we step up off on other foundations. But we need to always remember to come back to the firm foundation. I've heard it said so many times by Christians, I'd rather deal with people in the world than in the church. Anybody said that? Because sometimes it's worse to deal with people in church. <laughs> you got too many years there. <laughs> understand, <laughs> understand this. Understand this, though. That doesn't give us any excuse. That doesn't give us any excuses. It just means you and I got to be different. It means you and I, gotta, we got to try harder. We got to learn. We got to grow. We got to keep heading. Listen, if you keep heading in the same direction, you'll get to the same destination. Right? So, so why do we always follow the same thing and do the same thing and expect to end up someplace else? If, if this ain't working, then stop. Turn. Go. Another way. Amen? If, if you watch tradition Year after year after year, go the same way and end up the same nasty, stuffy, legalistic people that Christians are known for. Then stop going that route. Amen? Try something different. Go open the scripture and get a fresh word. I say, God, give me revelation because this ain't working. Amen? Listen, the greatest day in your life and mine is when we take total responsibility for our attitudes. That's the day we truly grow up. Like Gary says all the time, grow up already. Grow up already, amen? Now listen, we never have to take up the challenge of defending God 
And that's sometimes, you know, where we get in church, we got to defend God to everybody. We got to say, oh, I know, I know what you heard, but, but God, and we need to, def- we never have to defend God. We just have to stand and represent him. Just stand and represent him. And then having done all to stand, stand and just have God shine through you. Amen. All right, so we've been learning in our walk and as we've been reading and studying through the scriptures that things do not always go smoothly for God's people. Absolutely, amen. Have you noticed that in Abraham's life? Have you seen it in yours? (laughs) If not, then talk to us. Maybe you come up here and teach then because maybe you figured something out that we ain't figured out yet. Things don't always go smoothly. We've seen it in Abraham's life. We've seen it in our lives. Listen, with Abraham, it seemed that every time Abraham slept with one of his concubines, he had a kid. We learn in Genesis 25, now the next chapter that we're on, that Abraham had six other sons. And that means he probably had even more children because usually they only list the, the sons. But when he tried sleeping with Sarah to have that promised child, it wasn't easy. Side note, the easy thing is not always the better thing. Hit somebody. The easy thing is not always the better thing. And like in this case, the easy thing is not even God's plan thing. See, God's plan thing usually takes more time. It usually costs us more. It usually makes us go through much more. Here's a sanctuary parable. God's plans are like vegetables. I'll just leave it there. That's it. No, no. See, they may not be as easy to eat at fr- as French fries, but they'll make you stronger while the fries will make you slower. Amen? See, while, while the, they, they, they'll, they'll build you up while the easy will break you down. They'll grow you up while the easy will grow you out. They'll cost you more, but you'll be better off for it. See, there are always going to be problems and trials and tests that, that, that help us discover and test our faith. Right? But, but isn't that like a different way to look at something? Imagine if every time we're going through something, every time kind of, you know, the waters come up high above our heads and, and, and the, the walls start falling down and every time, we, you know, there's a big problem. Imagine if we stopped and said, God, you're helping me discover faith that I didn't even know I had. Can you imagine if, if every, instead of griping and complaining and Facebooking everybody, Oh, life sucks, I just want to die, shaking my head, or, you know, all the other stupid things that we say, right? I, I, I lost my money, I lost my wallet today, my cell phone broke, life sucks, shaking my head. Right? Instead, imagine saying, oh, wait a minute, um, uh, God, God, you're... You, you must, you're doing something here when the problem comes, when the issues come. God, God, maybe you're, maybe you're trying to get my attention. Maybe I lost focus. Maybe, maybe you're trying to get me to go someplace. Maybe you're protecting me. Maybe you're loving me. Maybe you're leading me. Maybe life doesn't suck. Maybe, maybe you're guiding me. Maybe there's something in me, the Spirit of God, that's doing something to me. 
And, and, and God, maybe, maybe you want me to discover a faith that I didn't even know I had. Come on, if you've been longer in the Lord than, than, than the younger ones, encourage somebody. Say amen. amen. Say that's true. That is true. Listen, listen, Romans 8.28 says, For those that love God, all things work together for good. Now that's hard to take, isn't it? All things work together for good. For those that love God. Now, those that love God, we go through some ugly stuff, don't we? Sometimes it's so weak, we go through such hard things. And we say, God, how can this possibly be for your good? But if we reflect back, we realize, yeah. Yeah, 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 I've been through ugly stuff and it was for your good. Yeah, yeah, I remember when I thought all hell was breaking loose around me. I remember how you pulled me out. I remember God. See, we have such a short memory, don't we? We don't remember that, 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 you know, last week this happened. Last week we didn't have no money and a check came in the mail. But we forget. And then the following month we're short and, and, oh God, what are we going to do? I'm, I got a prostitute or sell drugs or something. Like we get drastic, right? And forgetting that, wait, wait, God met it. Listen, listen, this is where God has me. I got to the point financially where <clears throat> I don't use budgets because budgets are like, they don't work for me. <laughs> I don't mean I spend lavishly. I mean, they just don't add up. You know, it's always in the red. You, you understand? And so God has me to the point where, listen, you, you're just not going to have no money. Relax. Relax. But, 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 but watch this. He says, but I got you. And listen, that has been... So, so this, is the, the, this is what I've done. I think, it, it started, I think I started this maybe in the summer of this year. So this is a long walk, right? We're a Christian for 80, 87 years and I just got this now. <clears throat> at the end of the month or at the beginning of the month, however that works out, I put all my bills together and I write them down on paper. Because, you know, I believe God sees what I'm writing. And I, I say, okay, boom, this is debt, debt, debt. You know, this is what I have. This is what I need. This is, what I, this, this is everything. I say, okay, God, it adds up to $2,000. Okay, God, my income adds up to $1,000. There's a little discrepancy here, Lord. I'll let you worry about that. And listen, I'm never short. I'm never, it's always on time. It always happens. I don't know how. I don't know how, but it'll, it'll happen. It gets paid. It happens. Man, and, and, and understand, sometimes it's, a, it's a, a weird check from a stranger in church. Hey, here, Pastor, I want to bless you. Wow. Amen. And those are awesome. But sometimes it's an opportunity that God will open up. Why? Because I'm looking. Why? Because I'm, I'm, I'm actively, actively involved in the way. And I'm saying, God, you're my GPS. Lead me. Tell me where to go. Tell me. And so sometimes we're looking for a handout when God gives us a job. You know, so, so we really, we really, we got to look at these things. You know, you don't sit and pray and say, God, you do it. We say, God, I'll do it. Lead me to do it. Amen. And then once you've done everything that you can do, Stand. And having done all to stand, stand. Amen? See, it doesn't happen like that on TV though, right? On TV, you watch a 30-minute sitcom and the world could fall apart and come back together by the end of the show. And, 
And, and, and that's what we're used to. We see that. We're programmed that, you know, I mean, everything can happen. The kids are pregnant. You lose the job. The house is being foreclosed. But by the end of the 30 minutes, everything came back together. Everybody's cool. Kid came out of rehab. He's fixed. The house, we got a check. Dad got a new job. Everything got fixed. It's like a beautiful fantasy world. But that's not life, is it? So watch this. Let's, let's go into the word here. We, we talked about that wonderful story and the romantic scene as Isaac takes Rebecca, right? How God draws her and, and, and he's praying in the field and she comes on the camel and she comes off the camel and veils herself and, and she gets presented to him and he takes her and they become one flesh. Amen. Romantic story. Well, look, chapter 25, verse 20, it says, Isaac was 40 years old. I need the math that countenance to catch this. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah. And then verse 26, it says, Isaac was 60 years old when she bore the only sons that she was going to have. Anybody catch a potential situation there? Anyone sense a problem there? Anyone kind of sense maybe there's a hardship there? How many years does it take to have a baby? This was 20 years. So here's the problem though. When you look at verse 20, it says, when, it says he was 40. And then you look at verse 21 and it says, it explains to us what happened. It tells us Isaac had to pray to the Lord because his wife was barren. She couldn't have any children. And then it says, and the Lord granted his prayer and Rebekah conceived. Verse 20, 21. Check it. I'm not talking de parate. It's in your Bible. It says, 20, there was a problem. Verse 21, it says, he prayed. She couldn't have kids. Bam, she had kids. So if, if we read that scripture and stopped there and went to pray, we'd, we'd go with that confidence. You know, we start praying King James. God. God. Right? As, as thou hast done for Rebecca, God. Surely thou art not a respecter of persons, thus and therefore the fashion in which you have answered Isaac's bequest. I entreat you thus to answer mine. And you would have just asked God to take 20 years to answer your prayer. How many of you pray prayers like that? God, here's what I need, but take 20 years if you need them, that's good. I'm good. I'll be here. Right? We don't want 20 minutes. Right? Yeah, I don't want 20. I want, I want the prayer to be answered when I open my eyes. I want it to just be, oh, my wallet just got fatter. I just felt it. Thank, thank you, God. I just felt it. The jeans got tighter because the wallet just grew. Right? You want it like that, like that. We never say, God, take 20 years. But listen, God was building up a strong faith. In Isaac, God was laying a foundation for Isaac. Because listen, listen to our, our, our church youth. It's not enough that Isaac had a father who had great faith. It's not enough that Isaac came from a strong believing family. It's not enough that Isaac had already seen God's provision. It's not enough that Isaac already saw how God provided even the sacrifice that saved his own life. Isaac still needs to have a firm foundation laid in his life. 
He still needs to grow. He needs to discover the faith that's hidden in him. Family, listen, there is a measure of faith hidden in each of you. Oh, come on, somebody got to get that today. Get that and go home. There is a measure of faith hidden in each of you today. And that faith is not going to come out just going to church. That faith is not going to come out just just doing a two-step during worship. That faith won't be discovered um, just just having fellowship and coffee with the guys or just... Listen, that faith is only going to be discovered in hardship. That, that oil is only going to come out when the, when, the, when the olive is crushed. That's the only time you're going to discover that faith. Some of you say, well, I don't want it. <laughs> Keep that faith. And unfortunately, that's a lot of the body of Christ. You say, you know what? Give me the shallow stuff, man. Give me the best life now stuff. Give me I'm happy now. Give me everything could be good now. Give me, give me, you know, uh, let, teach me how to be happy. Seven steps to live a fulfilled life. Uh, you know, four steps to, to, to have my shallow prayers answered. You know, uh, three steps to, to live in prosperity. And, and, and come on, man. We don't want the crushing stuff. We don't want the, the smashing stuff. And, and that's why the world sees us as weak sometimes. Because the minute things start to shake, we run. We, we go back to the same things that they go back to. The, the, the second things start to fall apart or the, the, the building, the, the floor starts to give out a little bit, we, we do the same things they do. And so, and so we don't realize that, but we're testifying. We're showing, listen, your God, is, your God is only good when things are all good. But you don't really believe that. You don't really believe in this. Otherwise, you wouldn't be scared. Why are you scared? Why are you crying? Why are you worrying? Why are you stressing? Why are you, why are you got all this? Why are you down? Why are you depressed? Why are you longing? Why are you dragging all the time? There's a life in you. There's a light in you. Sometimes, listen, we put like this wet blanket over us, man. And we need to just, man, just be. Just be. Understand. Everything's not great. Yes, fine. We're not all rich. Fine. So what? But we can be strong. We are strong. Amen? There's a faith hidden in you, family. You just have to remain standing. Through the trials, through the tests, through good times, through the bad times, through provision as well as lack. When you've done all to stand, stand. Remain standing. So, so listen, let's go back. It's been 20 years of praying for Isaac and Rebecca. And in the 19th year, something must have happened. In the 19th year, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that, that something started happening. See, there are seasons to sow, there are seasons to plant, right? And then there are seasons to water. And sometimes during those seasons, we don't see anything happening. How many of you, you, you've, been in, you've been in ministry for a while, man? I don't see nothing happening. I've been coming to church for a month, I don't see nothing happening. Right? I put $2 in that offering every day, every week, and... I ain't seen no, no return come back. What happened to press down, bubbling over, running over, and shaking and whatever? Where's that scripture at? What happened to the windows of heaven opening up over my life? I'm like six bucks in now and nothing. 
See, sometimes we don't see nothing. But listen, when we're, when we're stand, that's when we got to stand in the most difficult situations. Because there's seasons when things are growing and we don't even know they're growing. There's seasons when, when maturity is building. There's seasons when, when maturity is coming and, and things are growing. And then there's seasons to reap the benefits of everything that we've sown. Amen? So year 19, I, I'm just imagining the scripture doesn't tell us anything. It doesn't give us a, a big picture of it. But I imagine year 19, Rebecca started feeling nauseous. They've been praying for 20 years for a baby. And, and hopefully, you know, following through on what needs to happen to have the baby. Twos and threes are here. I don't want to get too descriptive, but you understand what I'm saying. The baby not just going to happen by itself. You, you understand what I'm saying? So I, I imagine like year 19, she started throwing up maybe. Maybe she started craving like, you know, figs with, with marshmallow and honey and peanut butter or some crazy, Right? I imagine like maybe her body started changing and, and Rebecca started getting maybe a little baby bump. And, and I imagine, man, the, the, how, how that started building, how, you know, the prayers of the faithful were being answered. Listen, you might be at a point in your life today where you've been praying for something. You've been asking. You've been desperate. You're at a point now where you're just sick. I know I'm speaking to a couple people here. You, you're just sick because and, and, it's been the same way for a long time. And perhaps, you know, this sickness is a sign that something's happening. Perhaps this, this, this sickness is just letting you know that you're changing, that something's growing, that, that something is inside of you, that something is starting to happen. Somebody say amen. amen. Well, look, verse 22, it says, the children struggled inside of her. So she went from being barren to having twins. See, sometimes God will give you twice what you ask for. Amen? So it says the children struggled within her. And it must have been something major. It must have been more than heartburn and more than, you know, we would have said, oh, it's because the kids are hairy. You know, Puerto Ricans got all these, these ideas. Oh, you got heartburn because the kids, whatever, right? But, but it must have been something major, like they were wrestling inside of her because it, it says she took it to the Lord. And, and she said to God, God, why is this happening? It's like, are they going to kill me? Am I going to die? It, like, why would you give me this blessing if it's going to destroy me? And, and here's what God said to her. It says right there in Genesis 25, it says, two nations are in your womb. And two peoples will come from within you, but they shall be divided. And the one shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Let's, let's, let's see what's happening here. Watch this. We have to remember here that, you know, what God was showing us through Abraham and Isaac. Watch. Get the pictures. Remember, Abraham was God, the father figure, right? And so Isaac was a type of Jesus, the son who laid down his life, right? And then the messenger that the father sent out, Eliza, was the Holy Spirit searching and calling for the bride. The Holy Spirit found the bride, Rebecca, and, and she answered the call. So Rebecca uh, came to be joined to the bridegroom. So she represented the church. Get it, get it. Pay attention. 
So if Rebecca representing the bride is a type of God's church in the world, then this severe trial that was going on within her womb where the two twins Esau and Jacob were struggling, almost battling, is a picture of two kinds of people in the church. Those that believe and become a strong nation and those that refuse to believe and turn from God and give up their heritage and give up their birthrights. It's a prophecy of Judas and the twelve. It's a prophecy of believers and non-believers in the church. The struggle. See, there's even some here today that will surrender and live for God and follow His ways. And then there are those here that <coughs> when things get hard and they've learned to... to to settle for other things and they'll go after present pleasures. And that'll be, that's the title for next week, ple- present pleasures. And we'll get into Esau and Jacob. But let me, let me close today with this. I want you to get the picture of Abraham and Isaac standing on a firm foundation. Standing on what God has said to them. And you know, what they've heard and seen and lived. Listen, you could be at the worst place in your lives right now. And we could still have something to be thankful for. You could be at the point where you have to lose everything. And sometimes, I hate to bear this news to you, God has brought you there. Because maybe we've depended on everything but Him. And sometimes our foundations have to be tore up from the floor up. And sometimes it's God that does it. While we're praying for God to fix things, he's breaking things. God, that's mean. God, I'm asking you to cover things over. God says, I need to expose it. God, I'm asking you to kind of duct tape and crazy glue this thing. And God says, no, I'm a rebuilder of people. I'm a renovator. I, I rebuild. I don't patch things up. Listen, I don't know about you, but I love watching those home improvement shows. Everybody and their mother has a home improvement show, right? Even Vanilla Ice has a home improvement show. So, you know, I I love watching those shows. I learned a lot from those shows, and I've been blessed to be able to do that stuff. I love rebuilding. I love doing tiles and this and that, and, you know, I don't got no time, so don't ask me. But I love to do this kind of stuff, amen? And But it, listen, it, the problems that the homeowners are always experiencing, the leaks, the cracks, the, the mold, the drafts, the uneven floors, the unlevel walls, listen, they're always only symptoms of the real problem. The real problem always goes back to the core of the building, the foundation underneath and the foundation that supports. Right? Have you ever watched any of these shows? Because if the foundation is solid, if the foundation is strong, if the foundation was, was laid right, then the thing would be built right and wouldn't, we wouldn't have these things, right? And so, church, what I've learned through my own experiences and by, by studying the lives of these men of God is that this walk is not easy. What a deep revelation I'm giving you, right? <laughs> Write it down. Pastor said being a Christian is not easy. What a deep man of God. 
This journey is not a cakewalk. It's not for weak men and women, but I've also found that nothing else is worth it. Nothing else is worth it. And so listen, you could be going into one thing after another. The walls could be coming down in one area. And before you're able to get the last screw up in that sheetrock, a pipe bursts or the floor gives out or the the roof leaks. And, you know, all these things could be breaking down around you. And there's the quote that says, we turn to God when our foundations are shaking, usually to find that God is the one who's shaking them. So here's what I want to leave you with. Ephesians 6.10 Finally, brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now listen, we read this scripture, put on the whole armor of God. And if you've been in church long enough, you get this little children's church picture of, of a little kid in a plastic vest. Right? The little plastic sword and the little plastic vest and the little plastic helmet. And unfortunately, as adults, that's how a lot of us are walking around. With the little Halloween plastic vest, the little, the little helmet that doesn't fit you, the little thing that doesn't fit all the way around. Back here is the string, but over here is the guard, right? And, and, and we look really foolish. But the Word says put on the full armor of God. I need to get that plastic junk out of your mind and think about the full armor. Think about, I wish I had a big armor man here just kind of, you know, dressed in armor. Some real stuff. The real stuff that protects and guards. Because it says put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Verse 12, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand firm. Can we just bow our heads a moment? I want to encourage you this morning to stand on the words that God has given us. To stand on the promises that God has for us. To stand on what you know is right. Stand on what you know is true. Stand on what you know is faithful. And then having done all to stand, stand firm. And so I want to challenge you today. Listen, I know we go through hard times, man. I know we go through hard. But listen, I I wasn't going to share this, but I'm going to share this. I want to share a testimony with you. Because I want you to see how faithful God is. I told you we've been, you know, um, we've been at this church five years. We've been at church planting for five years. And before that, I was a full-time youth pastor for, I was full-time ministry probably around three, three to four years. And so for for seven to eight years, I've been in full-time ministry just trusting God for everything. And, And that has meant that I've had no health insurance. For me and my whole family. That means that we haven't had a whole lot of extra 
There hasn't been a whole lot of vacations. There hasn't been a whole lot of extra, extra. You, you understand what I'm saying? And, and hear me out. I'm not begging. I'm not going to take an offering. Relax. I want to testify, I said. Amen. And so it, it's, it's, it's I, I told you, it's been a struggle for a long time. But God has always shown himself faithful. And I believe God has brought us through a season. Listen, he kept us five, six years without getting sick. So that we wouldn't need the hospital. Amen. One time uh, I w when we were building this place, there was so much sheetrock dust and I was living in here that I was coughing profusely. And so a lot of the leadership team, they snuck me into their hospital because they insisted that I go get checked out. I was fine. Amen? Amen? But still, God loves you enough to sneak you into a hospital to get a physical. <laughs> but, all right, so listen, listen. So, a couple of months ago, I was preaching a message titled, I Don't Want It. And if you remember, that was a message saying, God, if you don't have it for me, I don't want it. God, I only want what you want for me. And while I was preparing that message, I got a phone call with a job opportunity. And so I said, God, this is too weird, man, that this would happen while I'm saying, God. And, and so I said, Lord, if it's you, if this is you, you will let it happen all the way through, clear, without a glitch, and it'll happen exactly as, as you planned. But God, if I see one speed bump, I'm stopping and turning around. Because I want it to be you. To make a long story short, I just got the offer letter. I'm in. I got the job. Amen. And it doesn't mean I'm leaving. I'm still going to be your pastor. I've, uh, all this while, I've been doing construction and kind of hustling to get a job here and get a job here. I've been building kitchens, doing... So it's just been a... It's always been another work and always been... But, but here God says, look, look, I'm, I'm going to... I got it. I got it. It's time to take... This comes with full benefits. My kids will have, have insurance. Everybody will be good. Amen. And the only reason I, I, I tell you this is because I want you to understand... I'm living proof that when you stand on God's word, even through the hard times, he'll be there. He'll be there. And, and if you live a surrendered life, if you say, God, I surrender everything. God, I don't, I don't need to drive the Rolls Royce. I don't need to drive. God, I, uh, just give me something that will get me to church. I've driven probably 40 maybe 30, 40 jalopies that only lasted, you know, nine to 10 months before they had to be traded in. I have a lot of write-off donations, right? And then, and then I got into a season where God said, I'll give you a new car, amen? See, but it's, it's, it's a surrender life. It's saying, God, I don't want it. If you don't want it for me, I don't want it. And, and, and what that means is there's gonna be times where you just gotta stand. And there's going to be times where you can't do what everybody else is doing. And you can't have what everybody else is having. And you can't live the way everybody else is living. But you say, God, I don't care. I just want to stand. And, and, and if you don't want it for me, I don't want it. 
And the flip side of that was, God, everything that you want from me, that I want. Everything that you want, I want. And so, God, I receive everything that you've given me. And I say, lead me. I say, take me. And, and, and so, listen, wherever you're at on that scale, can I have you this morning stand? Can I have you stand and say, God, wherever it is, you don't have to repeat after me, I'm sorry, but just, just feed it in your heart, man. Just say, God, you know, he, here's where you know where I am on this thing. God, you know what I need. You know what I, you, you know I write those bills out, God, and you know the red stuff. You know, God. You know those things that I want. You know the desires of my heart. But God, if you don't want it for me, I don't want it. And God, no matter what happens, no matter how hard the storm, no matter how many fall down next to me, to my left and to my right, God, you said it won't hurt me. You said it's not going to affect me. So God, I'm going to stand. And I guess the, the challenge today, what I really want to just challenge you is to really grow up. I just want, I, I, I want to pastor some mature people, man. Some people that want, that want more, that, that don't just want to be tickled on a Sunday. Although, you know, that don't want to come into a building where we can run around tickling everybody, making everybody happy. Here's your coffee, sir. Here's some cookies. Are you comfortable? Are those chairs padded enough for you? Man, this country, the people don't have no chairs. They're meeting in the dark in caves. They got to walk an hour and a half to get someplace on foot. We can play on. There's no parking. I just, I just wanna, I, I wanna surround myself with people that will say, you know what? Good time, bad time. I'm standing. God, whatever you have for me, I'm standing. God, firm, I'm standing. If that's you, can we just worship together?